this weekend? Yes, it is a good thing. I'm like, I'm not doing the funeral today. <clears throat> Hopefully it doesn't affect your Sunday night. The gala? Oh, yeah. You can just mime things. <laughs> Learn sign language. <clears throat> I don't know, did you have a... I can't think what they're called. Um, where you had to do, like at the SEM. Like the modules? Modules, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I did a sign language Did module. you? I, I swear, that is, that is more difficult than Greek or Hebrew. Oh, I would imagine. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I've always thought it would be. Because there's like, you're having to use like more parts of your brain, I feel like, to do that. <clears throat> um, well, I, I think we're live, Pastor Josh. Uh, well, hello everyone, and thanks for joining us for our Bible study here. We are in 1 Corinthians, and uh, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, look, there's only like this much of the Bible left. Must not be important. There's only a little bit left. There's only a little bit left, yeah. Nothing important happens then. Nothing important happens in, in the, the last few books of the Bible. No, it, it is. I mean, I, I always think about the, you know, once you get through the Gospels and Acts, it's kind of like um, people... Well, we have an announcement going. We'll talk over the announcement. Um, I, it's I picture day here at school, so that's that's why I'm wearing a tie the one day a year, and that's, if you hear that again, that's what that is. It's the announcement for the school. Yeah, it's, it's whose turn it is to get their picture retakes done. Um, I did not wear a tie because I wanted to appear more casual, apparently. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I always think once you get to the Gospels and Acts in the New Testament, um, then we have all these letters and people are, it's like all these important events have taken place and Paul and others are trying to explain to us how Jesus coming has changed everything, you know, and, and it's kind of like the so what or the what now, you know, um, how are we to uh, respond to God's grace and love shown to us in Christ and um, yeah, so we have, we have a lot of great content here in the letters of the New Testament, so if you Maybe this is your first time, like really reading through them all, kind of in order, um, or maybe it's just it's your first. I, I know a lot of us, you know, there are certain like First Corinthians. You know, it might be like certain chapters that we're familiar with. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I recognize this one. Then there's three in a row. Like, ooh, we never read about this one in church. Creepy Frank. Um, what's that? Creepy Frank. Creepy Frank is that the? Oh. Uh, yeah, in First Corinthians. That's how one of the seminary professors, Dr. Bierman, talked about the guy who's got all the. Sexual like problems. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I wasn't sure if creepy Frank meant anything. No, it didn't, it didn't mean anything okay. to me. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You get a lot of things like, I, for instance, there's several chapters in a row about like marriage and the relationship between husbands and wives, and then you, then there's some stuff about like worship and uh, you know all this stuff that might be um, a little bit confusing to us. But then we get to uh, chapter 15, which is what we're going to focus on today. And guys, it's Easter. It's Easter. Christ is risen. <laughs> He's you know? risen indeed. Because <laughs> um, this is the chapter. I mean, there's almost always at least a, a little bit of a chunk um, from this chapter, chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, that gets read on Easter Sunday. Um, you know, along with like the gospel reading where Jesus you know, is, is not found to be in the tomb, but he is risen. Um, so we have that going on here, a little bit of Easter, but also it's, uh, it's All Saints Day this week. So particularly uh, fitting, I think, for us as we remember those who have uh, gone before us, 
um, dying in faith and you know dying in the hope that we have in the resurrection not just of Christ but of all people so mm-hmm. um, yeah and we look forward to uh, you know in our worship this weekend hearing the names read you know we, we call it the it's a very fancy title uh, the commemoration of the faithful departed and we'll we'll recognize and celebrate the lives of all those who have died in the last year you know who have died in faith in the Lord and just a long list of people that we're going to see again one day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so a lot going on here in First Corinthians chapter fifteen. Uh, Pastor Josh, will you kick us off? We're going to actually start with verse twelve. So we'll read verses twelve through nineteen. All right. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we have testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people to be mo- or to, of all people most to be pitied. All right. Um, so I think these are pretty familiar words. Again, this is uh, it's likely that these verses are are read on Easter, or or you're just familiar with them because it's a pretty famous passage from the Bible. Um, resurrection, kind of a big deal, and the fact that Paul has to defend the resurrection um, as a real historical event um, is also important for us, uh, for our faith. So let's let's dive in here. Um, Pastor Josh, why do you think there was disagreement about the resurrection? Well, I think uh, one aspect, you know, and I, I, don't, I don't know the root of this, but, you know, you see in several places the Sadducees uh, don't believe in the resurrection, you know, I think John is one of the places, or maybe Luke, where, you know, it says Jesus is talking to the Sadducees or something like that. And then in parentheses, the Sadducees don't believe that there is a bodily resurrection. And I think the other thing is they don't believe in angels mm-hmm. or, or something like that. So I think, you know, we already see, uh, even among Jews, people who are who don't believe in the resurrection. Um, that's, that's what first comes to my mind. Is so there's already... Uh, a seed planted that kind of is growing out, if you would. Okay. So I think, yeah, th- this is an important thing for us to probably dig into a little bit. So there's um, there's the resurrection of Jesus, and then there's sometimes we, we call it like the resurrection. So I remember when I, when I was a kid, I used to be confused about that. Like, they're talking about the Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection. And I'm like, but Jesus hasn't died yet. <laughs> so that would confuse me. It was like, well, okay, was that added, you know, just after, like, oh, Jesus died, rose again. And the, we're just, like, saying the Sadducees don't believe that that happened. Um, that would be one theory that you could have, but but actually it, it's different than that. It, it goes to, you know, like, what did um, the Jews back then, like, what did they believe happened after death, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think what that means when they say the Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection 
It means that they think that the, it's you live this life, you die, and that's that's it, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you kind of cease to exist. The capital R resurrection. Yeah. As opposed to Jesus lowercase, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like how we think of evolution, <clears throat> big E, little e. Oh yeah. Like we don't believe in yeah. evolution, like the beginning of the world where everything came from, you know, puddles or whatever. Yeah. That's big E evolution. Little E evolution is like. Caterpillars and the butterflies. Mm. I don't know. Maybe this isn't helpful at all. <laughs> I'm, that's, I'm that's, solving that's a problem that yeah. didn't really exist. <laughs> um, but yeah, so although I do like that, yeah, caterpillars and the butterflies is kind of like a resurrection thing. So there you go. Did that intentionally? It, it, of is, it is. That butterfly is a very Easter, yeah. um, you know, symbol for us. But yeah, I, there there is this, um, you know, we we get it from. A couple other places in, in the in the Bible too, Old Testament and New Testament, where people are um, commenting on what is going to happen one day in the future. I, I think of, you know, we have that that one line from Job. I think it's Job chapter nineteen, mm-hmm. where we get the great hymn. I know that my redeemer lives. Job says, you know, that one day, you know, in my flesh I will see God. You know, after my flesh has been destroyed. Because um, I know my Redeemer lives. So that's kind of like a prophetic thing of saying that my Redeemer, that's Jesus, right? You know, he's going to die. He's going to rise again. And because of that, Job is confessing that he believes he's going to rise again on the last mm-hmm. day. Uh, and then, you know, Jesus comes, after Lazarus dies, Jesus comes and talks to uh, Mary and Martha. Well, he's talking to Martha. Mary's like in the house, you know, talking to Martha. And and what does he say? Do you remember? I'm just here's a quiz, like on the spot. Um, he, he says something to to Martha. Well, I'm trying to think of the order of the conversation. She said, "If you had been here, you wouldn't have died." Yeah. Uh, he says, "He will rise again." Yeah. And then she's like, "I know he'll rise on the last day." Yeah. And then he's like, "I'm the resurrection and life." Yeah. Yeah. I probably missed a few words in there. But I, that's exactly what I was looking for, though. Um, that that's that. She is saying she's looking forward to well into the future. I, I know that he'll rise again on the last day. Like so, you, you see this. There is this hope. Um, I mean, it's the same hope that we have, right? But everything gets. I think the unexpected thing is that Jesus rises like too soon, <laughs> like too early. Like, so G- Jesus. I mean, I think um, they believe that everyone. You know, every every. You know, believer in God would rise. Well, everyone's going to rise. You know, but but you know, to eternal life or to eternal damnation. Um, but then when Jesus rises in this new, like glorified body, it is like this. Okay, um, what's happened to Jesus now is going to happen for everyone, but just not until the last day. Um, I, I remember if somebody something I read or, or heard one time, it was kind of like. Jesus' resurrection opens the floodgates for like everyone else to rise. It's just it's, there's going to be a delay. It's not yeah. yeah. Um, so there is this there is this belief that yeah they are looking forward to a point in in time at the end of time when all people will be raised from the dead. Um, but it wasn't they weren't looking for it at this time mm-hmm. you know so so it wasn't supposed to happen yet. So I think not only do the Corinthians, you know, disbelieve about Jesus Himself rising, but I think they they are also skeptical, uh, you know, because they're they're not they were not um, raised in the Jewish faith, mm-hmm. 
And so this is a, a kind of a foreign concept already. But I, I don't know, yeah, anything else on maybe why, or even just, yeah, why <laughs> the average person would struggle with this teaching? Well, I'm going to go slightly different direction. This yeah. is something, you know, in context of thinking that the end time, you know, that resurrection, we've referenced it in here, but this is Jesus with the inbreaking of the eschaton. You know, mm -hmm. eschaton is, is the last things, uh, the, you know, the... When Jesus comes back, that'll be the eschaton. You know, all the dead will be raised. Mm -hmm. You know, all everything wrong made right. And when Jesus comes, we see a little a little flicker of that start. Sick are healed. Uh, demons are ridden out. Sins are forgiven, and the dead are raised. You know, just a few of these things that uh, were a part of God's original creation. Sin corrupted. And Jesus, or God through Jesus, is starting to bring that back. And so, uh, you know, when these people are saying, well, I know that this will happen, mm -hmm. they're not wrong. It's just Jesus is doing a new thing. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so, you know, he's starting in his ministry to undo, to redo the, to undo the wrong effects of sin mm -hmm. and bring creation back to this original masterpiece that God had it as yeah. and he's starting to do this now and I think this is where you know we realize that we have eternal life now mm -hmm. and we will be raised you know like it's it's the both and mm -hmm. both now and when Jesus comes back we have eternal life now I know it's talking about resurrection of the body so it's a little bit different but yeah. um, you know it just the little flickers of, of what Jesus is doing to restore creation. And so these people who are saying, well, that is going to happen. They're not wrong. Yeah, God yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're like recalling their confirmation instruction <laughs> accurately yeah. and they're like giving the right answer. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right though. There are times where, um, Jesus surprises people, you know, God is doing new things that people didn't expect. Um, yeah, very good. Uh, and, and Pastor Josh, you know, used this word eschaton. It's a Greek word, mm -hmm. kind of meaning like end, you know, fulfillment. And, and you, if you're listening to it, eschaton, you're hearing also like that term that we'll use eschatology, which is like this, you know, the study of the end times. So it, it all kind of fits together there. Um, so you've, you've learned a, a Greek word today that you kind of already knew if you knew eschatology. Mm -hmm. I think also just, um, an even simpler, more basic answer to this, why is there a resurrection controversy, is it's just crazy that someone dies and then becomes alive again. It doesn't yeah. happen. Like, I mean, it happens, is it like four times in the Bible, maybe? Um, there, there's a few times, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think I can think of, you know, um, I mean, Elisha, you know, does it. Once I think the person who falls on Elijah's bones, or Elisha's bones. Oh, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, and then I know Paul, like the guy who falls out of the window, who falls know. asleep during his sermon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Jesus does it, a, you know, a few times. So maybe it's like six times in the Bible, but, but these are, these are not typical. And then even like Lazarus and Jesus are even crazier because they've been dead for multiple days. Mm -hmm. Some of these people, it's like they've been, you know, they're dead for. I don't know if it's is it more impressive or not. Like if someone is dead, to be then alive again. But but it's it's not a typical thing. 
And so, you know, people have, you know, a long historical record or their, their own experience where people die and they stay dead. And now um, Paul is saying, here's this whole new religion for you. And oh, by the way, the central figure of the religion, um, you know, you have, you have to believe that this guy died and then rose again, um, went up into heaven and he's coming back. So you can kind of see where people might think it's, it's a little wild mm -hmm. to believe it. Oh, yeah. Um, whether it could be dubious. And so Paul, um, and, and it, it's not in the part that, that we read, but Paul does, um, you know, in the first, at the very beginning of this chapter, he lists off um, people who actually witnessed Jesus being raised from the dead, you know, seeing the risen Jesus, um, like over 500 people mm -hmm. that actually saw Jesus in his glorified resurrection body. So Which 500 is not nothing. No. Yeah. That is as good of a testimony as you can really have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I do want to, I want to get into verse 19 also. It says this, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Um, so why, why would that be the case, Pastor Josh? Why would we, if, if Jesus' resurrection was a farce, you know, if it didn't happen, um, why would we be the most pitiable people? Well, I think there's a number of ways to answer that. But, um, you know, I think people who build their lives on a lie, you know, because if he's not raised, then, then somewhere in the chain, you know, well, okay, does that mean that he's not the son of God? Does that mean that he didn't pay for sins? Like, there's something that, to a core component of what we believe mm -hmm. that is not true. And if one thing isn't true, well, then how much of it isn't, you know, and it just mm -hmm. this chain reaction of, okay, well, something didn't give. And so either, you know, our sins are forgiven, but there's no hope beyond life or, or something. And so, uh, yeah, to, to live your life around, to, to form your life around mm -hmm. a truth that becomes a lie. Mm -hmm. There's no hope in mm -hmm. it at all. Yeah. It's like, like the rug gets pulled out from under you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're, yeah, I, I think that's true. Um, you know, you're, it's like you make it to the end of your life and you're expecting, you're confident, and then it's just like your hopes are dashed. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we would be most pitied. But, but I think that there's a sense, too, in which, um, you know, if, if we know that someone else, like, isn't aware of something that's going on, you know, they're, like, kind of going through life and... Oh, they don't... No one has told them this truth or, you know, it's, it's like, oh... Like, sometimes people do kind of talk about them behind their back, like, oh, poor so-and-so. They don't know that, you know, um, this is going on in their family. You know, they're, they're ignorant about it. And it's, it's kind of like you're, you're a, a pitiful person when people talk mm -hmm. about you. I feel like that's, that's kind of kind of be whispering about Christians. Oh, those poor Christians. They, they think that, they're, that Jesus rose again. But actually, we know Jesus' body is over here. You know, mm -hmm. his dead body is over here. Um, they're just kind of wasting their life doing these things. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's... Uh, so Paul, I, I always think about these verses as Paul um, talking about like an alternate reality. Yeah. He's like, let's, let's pretend for a little bit that Jesus didn't rise from the dead. Um, how bad would that be? And, and I, I, don't, I always feel like between verse 19 
and verse 20, you have to like take a commercial break or something. Yeah, there's a big but there. Yeah, big, big but in yeah. fact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> verse 20 changes everything then, yeah. you know? So why, why don't we, yeah, why don't you go ahead and read that? Verses uh, 20 to 28. <clears throat> but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has also come resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his order. Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom of God the Father, after destroying every rule and authority and power. For he must, uh, for he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when, uh, but when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he is expected who, is, uh, who put all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection under him, that God may be, uh, that God may be all in all. Okay. So, yes, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. So, so Paul returns it around. He says, no, this is, you know, we were talking about kind of that alternate reality, which is not, it's not real. This is the reality. Christ has been raised from the dead. And let me tell you what that is going to mean for the rest of this chapter. Um, yeah, does anything, anything stand out to you, Pastor Josh, from, from here? Um. Yeah, so talking about destroying every rule and authority and power, mm-hmm. you know, a number of times. I, I think this refers to another number of things, but, you know, obviously when, when Christ comes back, like there's not going to be any more power, like, you know, presidents or kings or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but also, you know, I think that refers to, to Satan to some extent because he, he has authority in this world, so to speak, you know, uh, mm. Paul refers to him a number of times, uh, the, the age of the ruler of this world, or I, I forget the exact wording of it, mm. but um, yeah, just that part about destroying every rule and every authority and power. Yeah. Taking, even taking Satan out of it, that's just interesting. Like, mm-hmm. just kind of, yeah. everything is equal. Mm. Yeah, I think so, some of the things that maybe were necessary yeah in on this eternity mm-hmm. right these some structures that you know we would say a lot of them are you know they're not perfect now because of sin mm-hmm. um, but they were you know things maybe that God put in place but yeah some of them are just are just you know evil um, you know like like Satan you said um, yeah I, I'm, I'm kind of just just this you know, we see Jesus, you know, the risen Jesus um, being Lord of everything. You know, he tells his disciples that, you know, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. <clears throat> now, he's like, you know, he's kind of a big deal, this Jesus. <laughs> and so, you know, this passage shows that God is putting more and more things under his feet. But the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Um, so... Has that happened yet? Yes and no. <laughs> well, in the sense of yes, what do you mean? Uh, the sting of death has been taken out. You know, like, 
Paul says, oh death, where is your sting? Like the, the lasting effect of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so like because of the resurrection, yeah. we know that death is a doorway for those who are in Christ to, mm -hmm. to eternal life. Um, and so that's how we, that's the sense in which, yes, death has been defeated. Uh -huh. Yeah. But also, we still, we still deal with it until, yeah, until Jesus comes mm -hmm. or calls us home. Yeah, I, absolutely. And and that's I think that's the thing. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. We have to say that it, it's you know, yeah, Jesus has conquered it, and he has he has conquered it for us as well. Like you're saying, there's not a lasting effect that it's going to have on us. Um, but I think this verse 26 is going to be fulfilled in its entirety on the last day. Mm -hmm. um, because, yeah, I mean, I'm still going to die. You know, I mean, I guess, I guess unless Jesus comes back before I die. But, I mean, odds are probably that I'm going to die. Yeah. You know, you're going to die. Um, so, I mean, it hasn't, death hasn't been destroyed yet. You know, it hasn't been completely undone. But when Christ comes back and all the dead are raised, then no one's going to die again, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in eternity. So, that will be... I think it is, death is kind of the, it's like the last, um, and it's kind of like, I, I guess you could say it's, it's the worst thing. I was going to say. It's the worst thing about sin. Yeah. I, I was even going to say, it might, like, <laughs> it's it's oranges and apples, but death yeah. is worse than Satan. You know, like when we think about our enemies, sin, death, mm -hmm. and the devil, mm -hmm. like, yeah, the devil is still going <laughs> to live in death. Like he's yeah. gonna be cast into the mm. into into hell for all of eternity, mm -hmm. but won't be able but, to touch us anymore. Yeah, yeah. But but death, like that is, death is literally the opposite of God's design. Yeah. God, God created, and mm -hmm. death destroys. Yeah. And so, yeah. death really is is the worst enemy that we face. Mm -hmm. And so, when death when death dies, that's gonna be a great celebration. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, amen to that. So, so there, there's a lot going on here. Um, there's even some you know interesting stuff about kind of like the dynamic between the father and the son um, that we we probably don't have time to get into today. But just just kind of pay attention to that. You know, it's like the father gives all this authority to the son, um, but then it, it, but then it, you know it says that he you know he's going to kind of like give it back in a way it's kind of hard for us to understand mm -hmm. but um anyway so uh, yeah I, I don't pretend to understand all the ins and outs of, of the trinitarian relationship yeah. but um but the important takeaway for us um is that because christ has risen you know he, he is the first fruits you know so kind of thinking about uh, in the agricultural society, you know, like first this would have been like the first part of the harvest that we brought in. That, that's Christ. You know, he's the first part of this eternal harvest rising from the dead, and the rest of us are going to be in the, the, you know, the rest of the harvest on the last day. Um, but that's kind of that, that first fruits language that, that Paul uses in, in a few other letters, too. And I was just going to say, you know, that's in line with how Jesus talks with, you know, the wheat and the chaff. Yeah. Like that yeah. agricultural, like, you know the wheat he will keep the chaff will be thrown into the fire you know, mm -hmm. yeah 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 in in cer certain parables that he tells too mm -hmm. yeah um 
he uses that same language of, of harvest for the last day do you of think, resurrection. Do you think if Jesus were to come now, technology would be, like instead of like agriculture, like technology yeah. would be how he would talk? This is completely hypothetical. I, I think so, and I, yeah, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> um, I suppose there probably have been pastors who have tried to, you know, preach a parable with more of a modern day slant on it, like trying to up, like update the parable to use more modern day things, which wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. I mean, because that's the thing, like that's, that's what Jesus was doing. Jesus was using contemporary language of his day. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do agree if Jesus were here, Especially, I mean, now if he was in like a rural, if he happened to be like in a rural town, yeah. maybe he'd talk about farming stuff. But if he, if he was preaching in New York or something, you know, New York City, <laughs> he probably would, you know, be talking about, you know, he'd have some type of a, like an object lesson on the iPhone or something. I was going to say, would it be iPhone or Android? Oh, definitely iPhone. Absolutely. <laughs> we just Although, you know, it's, I, I don't know, because the, the Apple, Satan used the Apple to, you know, well, we don't know. We don't know, yeah. yeah. I don't know, but the Apple, it does have a bite out of it, so <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's the, you know, Eve, Adam and Eve's bite. But we digress, folks. Yeah. Um, Hard-hitting. And Pastor Young is very offended if he's watching. Um, <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna go down um, to the the last part now of this chapter. So we're gonna skip we're gonna skip some stuff. There's just so much in chapter 15. Uh, so we'll pick it up with verses 50 to 58. Uh, you're just, you're just the designated reader today. Dr. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you this, brothers: flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery: we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed for this imperishable body must put on the imper this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality but the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality then shall come to pass the saying that is written Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your work is or your labor is not in vain. Okay. Very well known passage, I believe, at least a, a few verses from there. So when, when are all these things going to happen? The last day. The last day. So you, you see, like, we're, we, keep, um, we keep thinking about the last day, the last day. I mean, there, there's so much from Scripture, you know, promises that, like we said, you know, you said, in a sense, we, we do have eternal life even right now. But we also, the, the Christian hope, you know, ultimately looks forward to this particular day um, because it's going to be, like in a very real way, like, you know, like the best day, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> of all, you know, this kind of this, you know, huge victory celebration that, that then we're going to have all eternity to, to keep celebrating. Um, so this is going to happen on the last day. What is this, you know, imperishable versus perishable business? You know, when it talks about, 
you know, the dead will be raised imperishable. We will be changed. This perishable body must put on the imperishable. What, what do we have going on here? Yeah, that is taking, my, uh, taking me a, a little bit to wrap my mind around it completely. Yeah. Um, so so I, I think, um, you know, like right now, like this, this is my perishable body. Um, because it's going to perish, you know, it's so going to need to be refrigerated. It's, it's going to die. Yes. Perishable section. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, definitely perishable. Um, so, you know, basically every, everyone, you know, who is alive in this world has a perishable body. You know, there's many perishable bodies that have already perished. But when Christ comes back and raises all the dead, then we're going to have this imperishable body. So that, that means that it, it will not die ever again. So Jesus, Jesus is in that body right now. You know, this, you know, Jesus rises from the dead and then, you know, the disciples have the doors locked, right? And he just boop, passes through the door. I mean, could Jesus have done that before yeah. he died and rose again? Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's God, but he, he didn't typically use those divine powers beforehand. I mean, who knows? State of humiliation. Maybe he did. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that, you know, he, had divine powers at his disposal didn't always tap into them. Um, but, you know, there, there is a difference um, when Jesus returns. And uh, so we look forward to when, when our dead bodies are raised and our souls are reconnected, you know, to our... That, that, that's the... I think we talked about maybe... The, we talked about this last week. Um, really, the definition of death is when your body and soul are separated. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you die, and your body goes in the ground, um, and then your soul goes to be with Jesus. But then on the last day, the big thing is that we're going to be reconnected, uh, you know, in our new body. And it's going to be imperishable. Um, and we'll live forever in that, in that body. So I think that's, that's what's going on here, but there's just a lot of... Uh, it's, it's easy to get hung up on the perishable and the imperishable mm-hmm. and the mortal and the Im, immortal. I'm always hoping that I don't mess up and say um, immorality instead of immortality. Those, yeah. <laughs> it's very close there. Um, okay. And then, um, yeah, I mean, there's just so much good stuff in here. I mean, I, I like to read this passage at funerals, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times. Um, you know, verse 57, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and then that last verse. I just love this verse. So Paul has gone on for 57 verses about the resurrection. And then he throws in a therefore. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what are you supposed to do when you, if you're reading a verse that says therefore? Well, you want to really pay attention to what came before that. So therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So what, what is the significance of this verse given all that Paul has talked about beforehand? Well, you know, it connects the fact living in this reality where there is life after death like it it opens like kind of switching back from this alternate reality of if Jesus didn't raise mm-hmm. were to be pitied coming back to this present reality that's like okay well he does live dominoes go back another way of like okay Jesus 
lives. That means our sins are forgiven. That means we have eternal life. And it's, I, I see it almost as another, therefore, because all these things, like, mm-hmm. know that what you're doing, it, it matters later. Okay. You know, like, you've used this life to, with, with the end in mind, mm-hmm. knowing that all this is going to come to pass and, and the victory is ours. And so live like it now. Live, live with, you know, know that your labor, what you're doing for God is not in vain, that it has an impact. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is not, you know, we're, we're not most to be pitied, you know. Yeah, this stuff is real. So, <laughs> therefore, yeah, all, all the things that God has called you to do, you know, keep being faithful in them and, and it's worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had, you know, just another shade of meaning to this. I remember I, I was taught one time and this this is a, probably a whole other topic for for a different day that we could dive into. But um, how much God cares for the physical mm-hmm. world, like His physical creation. There are some, even like within Christianity, you know, there there is some undercurrents of kind of like, well, the physical world is just it's like inherently evil, and our goal is to get away from it. You know, like this veil of tears, as we sometimes call it. Um, and I think we, we think about it just being like this, uh, this spiritual existence that we look forward to. Um, and sometimes I feel like, like, yeah, when I was younger, I used to think about eternal life as like my soul, a disembodied soul floating around, you know, with, uh, with the chubby little angels, you know, playing the harp and everything. And I don't know how I play the harp, I'm just a soul, you know, anyway, but uh, listening to the harp at least. But the fact that God... God made this creation, you know, it's, it's tangible, um, and everything he's been doing since the, the fall into sin has been to, to restore this physical world. It's not like God messed up and made it the wrong way or something, mm-hmm. and nah, just throw it out. Um, no, he's, he's trying to, trying to like, he is um, restoring it and redeeming it, and even all the way to that that we will have physical bodies in eternity. Uh, it's kind of a beautiful thing. And so I remember someone once once told me like, yeah, so that means that the things that you do for your brothers and sisters like in their bodies right now matter because like their bodies are going to exist forever. And it's just like, it's just a beautiful thing to think about. Yeah. Um, just like, oh yeah, so like, like, it's not like, you know, the things that we do for each other or like kind of care for this world now, ah, it's just all gonna be, you know, eaten by worms or something, something. No, it really, it really matters. So just kind of another shade of meaning there that your, that your labor for your fellow brothers and sisters, you know, in the name of the Lord uh, matters, you know, because it's like, it's going to, in a, in a sense, kind of in those good works, I guess you could say, are going to endure on into the, the new creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two things that came to mind. It's first from James where, you know, I, I forget the exact wording, but if you're, if you're, if there's somebody hungry and you say, peace, peace, brother, and uh-huh. don't help them out, like, like we, we're called to help people in their bodies, you mm-hmm. know, not just say, hey, Jesus loves you. But yeah. like, and that's why we're, you know, that's why we're putting this emphasis on, and we have that serving challenge, building hope in the city, you know, we're mm-hmm. wanting to really, care for the tangible needs of people you know jesus 
there was a uh, it was beyond just physical needs that Jesus was meeting, but he fed people. Yeah. Like he he didn't just say, "Hear my word and be filled." Mm-hmm. He did that, but he also yeah. gave them food. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, true. And also, you know, something I it was within the past month that I thought about, but you know, I think when we talk about in eternity, we're going to praise and worship God forever, and I, you know, I think that will certainly be true. But when you think about the fact that it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, you know, God is restoring His creation. Think about how creation was before the fall. Mm-hmm. Adam had work to do. Eve had work to do. Like, like I, I don't know if it's going to be the same, mm-hmm. but you know, like Adam before sin entered the world, you know, he was to care for the yeah. care for the grounds. You know, that was, that was his his end of the curse by the sweat of your brow. Mm-hmm. So your your work and then taking care of the ground is now going to be difficult. Yeah, it was there before, mm-hmm. and so just. You know, I can't say definitively one way or the other if that's how it's going to be once new new yeah. earth is, is made, or yeah. you know, once new heavens, new earth. Mm-hmm. But you know, like it, just pushing further away from it, just being a spiritual thing. Like yeah, yeah. God gave us physical bodies for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, and there is um, there's a lot of speculation that you that. I think it's kind of fun to do sometimes, but I know it also irritates some people. Like, well, the Bible doesn't talk about it, so why are we speculating on it? But, but I, I do tend to think that in the new creation, um, I think life will be a lot closer to what we experience in this life than, than maybe we sometimes think. Mm-hmm. Um, now, without all of the effects of sin running through, but yeah, I do think there's going to be some, there's going to be like some like work to do. Now, I don't think we're going to be like, you know, working 80 hours a week at some job that we don't like or something like that. No. But I, I think there, there's going to be some type of, yeah, like good, good work. I, I, I'd at least, I'll have a part-time job at least. You know, like, I mean, Pastor Bugler is going to be work. I mean, he's not going <laughs> to be retired. And, and <laughs> it would take God to sit, having to seriously sit him down like, okay, you need to tone it down. <laughs> Couldn't resist. Yeah. yeah. But uh, work is, work... <clears throat> It's good. Yeah. Like, I know now, like, you know, it's kind of this, uh, got to go to work, you know, mm-hmm. uh, can't wait to get home from work. You know, yeah. that that is an effect of sin. Mm-hmm. When God, before sin entered the world, God gave work to Adam and Eve, and it was joyous work because yeah. they had a, a harmonious relationship with God, mm-hmm. and they did it joyfully, you know, and so... It's not, you know, when if you think about like if we have work to do in in eternity, it's not like a a nine to five come home and like mm-hmm. you're dead and yeah, well it's not gonna be time. So yeah, I, that's, know, nine, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be like I don't know. Can we say it's gonna be just a, a weekend, like an eternal weekend? I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who, yeah, who knows? But but no, I, but you, but you're absolutely right though. Um, and we don't know. I mean, may, maybe we. Um, Maybe it won't be like that at all, but I, I I do think I think there's some good evidence though, from the scripture that that there will be that, that it will be yeah kind of like that, caring for, you know the garden again. I, I sometimes I think about it, you know eternity being Garden of Eden 2.0, um, and it could be. Mm-hmm. I I would yeah, I'd sign on for that. You know I mean not that I have much choice, but yeah. you, know, yeah. <laughs> you already signed up. Your name is in that <laughs> yeah. I've I've been signed up. Yeah. Praise be to God for that. 
Uh, okay, well, thank, thank you guys for, for joining us here today for our Bible study on 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We kind of jumped around a little bit, but um, wonderful chapter. You know, was it, yeah, was it last week? Was that when we did Romans 8? Um, I forget now from week to week, but yeah. you know, these are yes. two of my favorite chapters in the Romans 8, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, just gems of the scripture. So I, I pray that you have been blessed by it and... Um, yeah, join us for worship this weekend, and keep join, keep trucking along here with the Read Scripture Challenge. It's like six or seven more weeks, and we'll be done with the with the Bible. And with the, well, we're never really done with the Bible. Yeah. We'll, we will have finished the Bible this year. <laughs> so, yeah. thanks, Pastor Josh, and uh, God's blessings to everybody.